Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to the first 2024 episode of Voices of CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association's podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders sponsored by Old Republic Surety. I'm your host, Sal Marino, CFMA's Director of Communications and an Assistant Editor for CFMA Building Profits Magazine. This month, I am pleased to welcome Billy Robinson to the podcast. Billy, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. For those out there who don't know who you are, why don't you give a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, so I am the leader of the firm's construction practice at Brown Edwards & Company. Um, so I lead a, a team of um, about 75 people. And we spend, I spend the majority of my time, most of my time working with construction contractors specifically, and of course, partners and uh, others in my practice that do that. Um, spend um, a lot of time doing consulting for clients, uh, on like mergers and acquisitions, uh, cost analysis, you know, are, are they making money? Why are they making money? Are they not? Why are they not? What are good jobs? What are bad jobs? Um, you know, just all kinds of things, and just them, just the random, random questions you get from clients that uh, are, you know, completely out of, you know, uh, five hundred acres away somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, I find myself often saying, "Well, I'm not an attorney," and uh, uh, um, some things I'm, I'm happy to answer. Some things. Uh, just not in my bailiwick. So it, it's fun. I really enjoy it. I love the client service aspect of what I do. I love the fact to be able to help somebody. In, um, and the team we have here is just exceptional, just an exceptional team here at the firm. That's awesome. So how long have you been doing this? So I have been at Brown Edwards and Company, the firm I'm at now uh, for uh, almost 21 years uh, this year, this year in June. Um, I worked at a small firm a couple years before that, uh, just a two-partner firm, um, actually interned uh, when I was in college there, um, but I've been with Brown Edwards pretty much my entire career. I've been in three different markets with the firm. I was in the Roanoke, Virginia market for about eight years, and then I was in the um, Harrisonburg area, Shenandoah Valley living for about eight years, and then uh, moved to actually East Tennessee um, in 2018. And so have been there now, but my clients are all over. They, they span Virginia, North Carolina, West, a few in West, not much, but a few, few we have a big practice, but a couple in West Virginia. Um, but, uh, and then some in East, primarily East Tennessee. So, uh, I spend a lot of time on the road. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Was this always what you wanted to do? So, uh, interestingly enough, not really. So, uh, my dad was, a, my dad was, I grew up blue collar. Um, my dad was a coal miner. Um, and so did underground coal mining. I grew up in an area that was pretty economically depressed if coal mining wasn't thriving. Um, and so kind of, I had two rules growing up. Uh, one, I was first generation college student. I had to go to college per my dad. And, uh, second, um, I had to, you know, move away from the coalfield area um, just because of the economy and just um, it's just a tough, you know, it's a tough place to be when you're when your livelihood is around one. So um, anyway, long story short, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer first and then worked with some lawyers and uh, no offense to lawyers, but decided it wasn't my thing. <laughs> uh, nobody, if no lawyers on here listening to this, hopefully, by such topic, but um 
but you know, just really found a love. Uh, got, took an accounting class in college and loved it, and decided, well, I could be a CPA, and that took about three years less of school and money and all that to be a CPA at the time, and so uh, pursued that. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I started out my career kind of doing doing governments, local governments, most of my life, and then doing construction kind of part time, and then uh, some point. A number of years ago, that started switching, uh, and I started doing more construction, and uh, then eventually became the opportunity to lead the practice for the firm. I've uh, been doing that for about eight years now, um, and I love it. Uh, I love the clients I deal with. So um, I think growing up in a blue-collar family, um, you know, mining is different than construction, but it's not that much different, if that makes sense. Um, you know, so being able to work with companies that have blue collar workers, they're working hard, you know, they're, they're putting in a good day's work, they're, you know, have good work ethic, they're, they're caring for their families. Um, and these construction companies create that opportunity for people. Um, so it's just an honor to be able to serve them, really. And I just, uh, I explained it to somebody, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just, I click with those people better than I do the, you know, the um, larger, you know, um, you know, it's just been my, been my forte anyway. And I'm just really, and a lot of times the construction owners we deal with and the people we deal with one, they definitely all have an appreciation for blue collar workers. Right. Um, But two, many of them were, self-built themselves you know no college degree no anything and so it's just a cool experience to um and i like the it it can be challenging at times but i like actually the aspect of dealing with family businesses um it can be very emotional and difficult but very rewarding if you find the right uh family business set up all at the same time so uh, sometimes i feel like i spend more time as a counselor than i do as a as a cpa (laughs) Well, CPA, counselor, aspirations to be an attorney. I assume that you probably, when you get those out of left field questions uh, with the aspirations to be a lawyer, maybe you uh, try to answer them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it's interesting. I think as I've gotten older and the in, if construction has taught me anything, it's that uh, to, to be as risk adverse as possible. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so... Uh, just trying to stay out of getting sued is kind of a <laughs> smart answer there. So, in my experience so far, when the attorneys are involved, it's not a fun. It's not a fun experience so far. <laughs> and I've had you know have to deal with a few over the years for sure. One of the things our firm did before I ever came a part of the firm is decided to specialize and to build specialties of things like construction and. I really enjoy working with attorneys and others who really sureties, et cetera, who really know construction and, you know, they're experts. They're very focused in what they do. Um, and so that, that's a really cool experience just to, you can learn so much from people like that. So um, that was probably the best advice I ever got out of college. My very first supervisor told me to go be an expert in something. Um, you will be if you can make yourself an expert in something, not lots of things, but in something, um, it'll be valuable, and that that's that's proven true at least in my career. That's great. That's uh, that's great advice. So how how did you um, happen upon CFMA? So CFMA, the predecessor to my uh, uh, 
leadership was a guy by the name of Mike Wade, who really was the, the father of air construction practice back in the early 90s and um, really trained me in terms of how to deal with construction contractors, et cetera, and where to, where to meet people and where to get education. And so he was involved in CFMA. Um, the chapters in, in Virginia was a little bit inactive um, for a little while. Um, they're more active now. Um, but really what kind of hit it off for CFMA for me, what sold me on CFMA was actually going to a national conference. Um, and I'll tell you why. I really, I get lots of training. We have to get so many hours of CPE a year and whatever. And, you know, I get lots of trainings and how to do an audit and how to do, you know, how to meet a, a particular financial accounting standard requirement or tax requirement or whatever it is. But at CFMA, I felt like the education that I was getting and the classes that I was getting like were real things I could take back to my clients and actually help them in running their business. And so that was a lot different than the education I was getting from other places and why I've been such a staunch supporter of CFMA because, and I tell my clients and others, like there is no better place for your, your employees to be educated on the business of construction and construction accounting. And it is unique and it is different. Right. Um, and CFMA really, they grasp that educational concept, I think, um, as being a priority. I've been members of lots of organizations, you know, AGC and different organizations. And I'm not saying they're not valuable, but I think that education and what CFMA brings to the table and their focus is a, is a huge benefit to the membership. And so that, that's kind of what got my first conference, I think, was in Chicago. Um, so uh, that, was, that was super cool. Um, and then ended up going to um, San Antonio and uh, I think Phoenix. Uh, I missed Miami and Atlanta, of course, was in Denver last year. And uh, very blessed this year to actually uh, was notified and actually made the speaker agenda for the, uh, for the Texas conference. So I'm um, very, very excited about that. I've spoken at a couple of regional CFMA events and stuff and so that's that's been fun i really enjoy public speaking i do that quite a bit um part of my job so well that's fantastic so everybody who is going to cfma's 2024 annual conference in grapevine texas may 18th to the 22nd uh can see you there what's your session title uh the top 10 mistakes made by contractors very nice okay but i see just kind of big picture stuff and what you can do about it and when you're dealing with those situations. So just trying to keep it, you know, high level, but informative, actually the CFMA Southeastern region um, asked me to speak and they actually had a list of topics and that was one of their topics. And I selected it and hadn't really, didn't really, what my idea. Um, so it was fun to really sit and think about like, what are some of the stupidest things you've seen over the years? <laughs> Family has a whole slide. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to, um, how to, enter, you know, what are the things that we encounter? You know, cash, cash flow, uh, you know, over equipment, you know, investment in equipment, that, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, super excited and honored to be able to participate. Well, we are honored to have you. And registration opens this week, so everybody could head over to conference.cfma.org, and you can put your information in and be notified as soon as registration opens, and you'll be able to see Billy speak there. 
Uh, you are also a CCIFP, right? I am. Yes, I am a CCIFP. Um, you know, interestingly, our firm has a long history with the CCIFP program. Uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, Mike Wade, actually, we had, I want to say, seven or eight CCIFPs almost from the very beginning of the program. Um, we actually paid, he actually, he saw that as a real uh, distinction difference between us and our competitors um, and really hyped that program. And so we actually flew a proctor in and they studied and, uh, you know, did, did a whole thing. And we spent, so now we are, uh, I think we have 12 on staff um, in our firm, which ranks, we're, we're just a regional firm, you know, but we can we practice, but I mean, we don't go to California, Washington, all that often, truthfully. Um, but we're very honored. We're actually um, in the top five. We're ranked. We're, there's there's some more firms, but uh, top five of the number of CCIFPs on staff in the country. So all the other firms are national firms. I would consider them national firms. And so, um, we're, we're very honored. That, that's something. And, and we have three-ish that are currently working on the requirements to meet the education and experience requirements and the um, um, then ready to take the test. And so um, I'm very excited about that. I, I love that. So I think that certificate and it, what, it's a really great. The truth of the matter is for us, it's a great marketing certification. Um, but for those that are out in industry, I highly suggest people to get it. Um, and the biggest reason is it makes you more marketable. Um, it makes you more valuable to your company. If you were deciding, you know, if this is a long-term career and this is where you're going to be forever, it makes you more valuable to them. Um, and I think ultimately, if you decide that's not the place for you, it makes you more marketable to others um, and more valuable. So it's, uh, it is really, I tell folks, it's an investment in yourself. And I actually find it, uh, I believe it would be easier to pass it if you were in the business instead of being a CPA, that's a consultant to the business, because there's lots of things I had to study that, you know, I don't deal with HR issues very much. I don't deal with contractual language issues very often. Um, so it was a it was cool to expand your horizon with that, too, and to get that knowledge base. Um, and I think the other great thing that has happened is, is the combination of the CC, ICCIFP and CFMA is a is a powerhouse move. I'm really a big fan and supporter of that, bringing that under the CFMA umbrella, making that a part, real part of that organization makes a lot of sense. And I've kind of been through it, you know, all, and I've really seen, I've seen the CCIFP program really take off. I, I feel under the CFMA leadership, there's way more people taking the certifications now. There's way more um, and I think the branding and the recognition and marketing that CFMA does to provide the certification. So, uh, yeah, if anybody's listening to this, I'm a big fan, big fan, big fan. And what's really cool to me is it's more and more. I think at first you had a lot of CPA firms who did it because of the marketing aspect of it. Again, it's a it's a distinguishment point for us. Um, but what is really cool is that those lists that come out, you know, only about. I, on my, what I look at 25, 30%, maybe no more than 40 on any given list are 
CPA firm employees, but instead are people in the industry working for companies. And so I find that that is the game changer, I think, for CCIFP. Um, I think um, it is a contractor-led organization and CPA firms are, are associate members. So we should have more certifications in the industry um, than in the, in the you know, CPA firm world. Um, so it's really cool just to see people doing that. And it's cool to see employers, you know, contractors are notoriously tight on overhead. Uh, <laughs> notoriously tight. And yeah. so I think it's really cool to see companies invest in their employees and see that as a, you know, this is a, this is a betterment for them and it's a betterment for us. And, uh, and I mean, I will tell you, studying is no joke. Like it's a real, it's a real, you know, you got to spend some time and effort um, and you certainly walk away uh, with a better knowledge base after, after uh, passing the certification that you came into it with. So um, I don't want people to think it's just letters after a name. Um, although I will tell you, CPA stands, in my opinion, for can't pass again. Uh, so <laughs> I wouldn't want to take that CCIFP exam today. <laughs> well, it's like they say, the longer you're away from studying and test preparation, the harder it is to to get back into it. But I feel like once you finally take the exam and and pass and get the CCIFP designation, it, it must be, you know, such an accomplishment, um, especially, like you said, investing in yourself. It's really great. If a dumb coal miner's son from Southwest Virginia can, can pass it, <laughs> I'm confident in most people listening to this podcast. Um, and so, well, thank you. Now we have a new quote for marketing the CCIFP exam. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right. Tagline. Tagline. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a, uh, but just a super cool, uh, it's just a really good um, uh, educational force. But yeah, it is people, I think people do have a mindset of, well, I don't ever want to take a test exam. I wouldn't look at it at that. I would look at it as really expanding your knowledge base for your career. Um, and you just happen to take a test at the end to indicate that you, you got that knowledge and, you know, you can, you can speak to it fluently. Right. So we've talked about work. We've talked about studying, uh, education. What do you do to relax? What's your go-to? Well, uh, that's a great question because I'm not very good at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am a little bit, um, I think sometimes I, uh, my own worst enemy. Um, I, I struggle with relaxing, but when I do, um, I have two boys, two sons. I have a 15 okay. year old and an 11 year old and I am a, a single father. So I'm divorced. And so I have them, uh, every other week. So the weeks that I'm with them, I'm doing, you know, during school, we're doing, you know, figuring out homework and cooking dinner and, uh, uh, laundry and all those things. And, and then of course doing the job. So not a ton of time for leisure activity there. And, uh, and then the weeks that I'm not, that I'm not actually travel a fair amount for my job, uh, visiting with different offices, et cetera. So, but I really love to travel. Uh, I really love to vacation and, uh, go different places. It's a lot of fun. Um, I like to boat, um, really into boating and enjoy just getting out on the lake and hanging out and floating in a cove somewhere um, like that. I, um, I used to ride motorcycles. I still have one. Uh, okay. not, not ridden too much in the last couple of years, uh, just with work commitments and uh, sure. 
what have you. And to be honest with you, the last time I rode it, uh, the ride, I saw a guy on a motorcycle laying down over a hill. And I can't quite get that 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 image out of my head. So I've kind of kept it parked since then, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Wasn't a friend or anything. So right. Uh, wow. And I think he was okay, but, uh, so, uh, but I do, I do enjoy that. Um, at the current point in time, I'm, uh, um, um, just really, um, just kind of focused on kids and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but, but mostly travel, uh, we like going to, my son's like going to UT, uh, volunteer games. So basketball games particularly. So we've done some of that and, um, um, Trout just take them different different places on on break, et cetera. So uh, I'm not a real exciting life, really. Well, I don't know. I think that sounds like a very exciting life. Um, so you talked a little bit earlier about advice you'd received. Um, do you have any advice that you would give to somebody who is starting out in the industry now? Yeah, um, you know, I think the big thing in my mind is is the biggest thing that's helped me in my career is really just finding a mentor. Um, and that's one of the things I actually find in construction companies is the people are very personable um, and they work well together usually. Um, and so I think the key thing for most people is to find somebody you admire um, and look up to and that is willing to spend some time and investment in you as a person. Um, you know, and that, that can take a little while to find, quite frankly, to find the right person. And, and it doesn't even have to be in the, in the company you work with. Um, you know, it can just be someone else that, you know, in the industry or whatever, but someone who knows the industry that, um, can kind of show you the ropes and, uh, give you some pointers along the way. I think obviously getting involved in CFMA, particularly if you do not have a construction background is huge because the, I will say the accounting, at least in the accounting side of things, it's it's a fair amount different. It's not rocket science because uh, I can do it, but it's uh, it, it is it is different enough that you're not going to understand the concepts without some education on how things work. And um, um, so I, I think just get educated on what you do. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions and and don't be afraid if you screw up or don't know something to, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that people, younger associates, I think sometimes we have that work for our firm and they come in and, you know, they're like, we expect them to be perfect. And the reality of it is, is no, we really don't. We expect to have to be able to train you and help you and uh, uh, to make you better. And that's part of our jobs and our responsibility to you as our team members. And so don't be afraid to say the things you don't know. Um, because at that point, somebody will stop. Hopefully, somebody will stop and take the time to teach those to you and what that means. So, um, you know, find something you love, too. I think a passion. Uh, find something that really, I think there's a difference between a job and a career. Um, and I think that's where people have to decide what it is that they want out of life. Um, and there's not a wrong answer to that. There's lots of people who have jobs and they do their jobs and they go home and they, they have other interests and raise their families and what have you. And if that's your path, that's OK. Um, but if it's a career and you want to grow and build and advance, um, et cetera, find something that you're passionate about and uh, that you're going to excel at, because if you like it, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, and don't be afraid to try. You know, I've seen 
interestingly enough, over the years, accounting people become different things or project managers, or maybe they know something in accounting, but they, you know, at some point they take over very different roles in their organizations. The nice thing about, I think, having an accounting brain, so to speak, is, is it allows you to think uh, multidimensionally. And so I think that level of thinking is beneficial to other parts of the organization. I always encourage accounting really should be a part of operations, not just a, a reporting tool to those in management, but really a function of, you know, are these jobs working? Do we know what's working? You know, and uh, being able to have more one-on-one -on -one communication with the team members and stuff. I think for accounting people, if you, if you get to know the jobs better, the work better and the people performing those jobs better, I think you're going to be better at your job. And I think they're going, the people in those organizations are going to respect you more for that. Um, for kind of trying, I tell folks sometimes digging deeper uh, is just the right answer. Right. Well, a lot of great advice. Billy, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up this episode? No, I don't think so. I've uh, really enjoyed our time together well, no, thank you so much for talking with me. And uh, I thought it was a great interview and I uh, appreciate all of it. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, always enjoy the opportunity to interact with CFMA and look forward to seeing you at the conference in, uh, in May. Yes, same. And I look forward to your session. And thank you all for joining me on another episode of Voices of CFMA sponsored by Old Republic Shorty. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe and share it on social media and tell your friends about it. And if you're interested in learning more about the Construction Financial Management Association, check out CFMA.org. Once again, I'm your host, Sal Marino, and I'll see everyone back here next month. Thanks. Thanks.